Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, hey, hello, ho, 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 welcome to Leaving Hillsong, leavers and believers, this is our special holiday Christmas um, boxing day, actually it's turning out to be a boxing day podcast, supposed to be a Christmas one, but the truth of the matter is I uh, spent way too long on a real way too long but 11 year old me just cannot get enough of that you can put the pictures with the words and the songs it's it's just amazing my name's Tanya I am so so happy that you are joining us for a you know a different chit chat kind of thing Draps is with us today Draps is Matthew Drapper he is currently residing in the UK and he's a friend of mine, he's a friend of this show's, he's a friend of Dorothy's, and we sat around and had a little review of some of the latest uh, scandal and news, because, I mean, we are talking about Hillsong here, and, yeah, things are getting a little bit more intense, a little bit more out in the open with uh, the stress, the ripple effect of people who aren't alcoholics, but... um still seem to cause a lot of issues, have a lot of things that they'll talk about another day but then don't talk about. Yeah, there's a bit of a lineup of people who can't wait to tell their story one day when they're able to, but then they kind of never do. So it's not necessarily a Christmas show. So Boxing Day will do. And if you don't have Boxing Day in your country, it's the day after Christmas. And it's got nothing to do with the Rocky movies. It's about... Well, back in the day in British life, 
servants would have had to serve their masters on Christmas Day. And so the masters would give their servants a box of food and items and allow them to visit their own families the day after Christmas. We celebrate that class inequality by having a public holiday for it. So, hey, please keep Mariah Carey in your thoughts today. She makes $3 million every Christmas from not doing anything at all, but just because all I want for Christmas is you, her song. Very popular. She just does nothing. It's her side hustle. And think of Drups. He grew up in a family that evolved into a quiverful family. If you've seen the show 17 Kids and Counting, that's the similar environment that my co-host and friend grew up in. He is one of 11 children because the premise of that kind of Christianity along with its homeschooling and home births, you don't have a neonatal doctor because that would be evidence that you don't trust God. So throughout the pregnancy you just have to hope for the best. You thought you were a fundamentalist. He's the author of two books, Bringing Me Back to Me, which is the story of Drup's going to an evangelical church, having left home and uh, the experiences that he encountered there. And last Christmas, he put out his first fiction book called Lesser Light. A brilliant, call it like science fiction, thriller, church-based story of some young people who had experienced trauma in a church and when they met up together, again, some years afterwards, are able to compare their stories and perceptions and, well, find out in a way that is familiar to uh, a lot of us here what really happened. Check those books out. Personally, I like Boxing Day a lot more than Christmas because it means there's a full 364 days until that crushing pressure eventually drops on your head which started a couple of months before when supermarkets started sneaking red and gold tinsely things and so stressful. And truth is a lot of people will be noticing the gap in their lives where church used to sit or their community used to be and hopefully we can uh, kill an hour and a half. So like I said it's not particularly Christmassy this show but I kind of had an argument with somebody on Sunday about how it was Friday and then the schedule kind of got thrown out. So uh, thanks for your patience and I hope you enjoy our holiday gossip session. Man drops. Ugh, and I just realised I didn't explain the quiverful thing and the insertion in this software is too hard so I'm going to tell you now. The Quiverful movement is based on the idea that large families are a blessing from God. And in Psalm 127, it says, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. As for the daughters... 
or the son's born when you're a bit older. I mean, who even wants to know about them? They can go be with Job's children the first round, I guess. So anyway, a little bit of background on the uh, on the differing upbringing of the man joining me today because we've uh, ended up with quite different approaches to, you know, religion, the Bible, the whole shebang. There you go. Duggars, they are not. Now let's get back to the gossip. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So clever. Well, you, I'm tired of always being the person. Can't you go first? Oh, hello, darling. Hello. I mean, hello, I'm back. It's me. Oh, it's me where'd you go? Um, I've been about. I've been here. I've been there. I've had a lot going on. A lot of yes. behind the scenes, a lot of undercover. But we, well, we'll talk about that in the new year. Yay! I'm sitting on the edge of my chair, but we can't say a thing until January. But it'll be good times. Good times. You've been hard at work uh, investigating matters and got a result. You know, I actually, I've always wanted to have a podcast called The Sound of My Own Voice because... If we were to be honest, that's what every content creator is really there for. Of course. Uh, so I'm kind of, believe it or not, a little bit tired of mine. So can you take it from here? I'm just happy to be with you for Christmas. Obviously from the UK or in Australia, but um, Christmas is probably slightly different in each place. Is it still snowing? Uh, no, we already had our snow. We'll get it back in January. It's raining now. Okay. We have a uh, what do you have, Sunny? You don't get white Christmases every year then, huh? Only in the movies, but that, that's something. Well, how are you supposed to fall in love like Bridget Jones? Look, <laughs> we thought, you and I, didn't we, that we'd... Well, I've been chatting for, you know, a few people. We just thought we'd sit back and have a look back at the 2023 that was in Megatron POV. Um, I mean, there's been, been a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a year. It has seriously been a year. I think, you know, the amount of, like, work that people who've left churches have done over the past five years and the past ten years feels like it's really kind of roller coastering into 2023 and 2024 in terms of just sheer volume of things that are being uncovered and people who feel enabled to speak out and to say this pastor, this pastor, this pastor. And like, it's, I feel like we've just seen story after story after story break and they all have the same kind of patterns in them and they all come to a head in the same kind of ways. And it's like, we're going to do an investigation. And then the investigation happens. And then various results are found. And then the pastors just have a quick three-month um, siesta. And then they pop back onto the scene. And yes. they, they pitch their tents and they go again. But I do feel like it has been ramping up. This year has been like a, on fast track. And uh, Mr. Japper, I mean, you have a a certain amount of expertise in this area in terms of lived experience, but in terms as well of investigating, you know, researching other churches, uh, you know, safeguarding practices. You you tell me more about what you do. I mean, tell us all, but 
do you think it's because there's so much more publicity now? It's not like the old days where you just, if you didn't get the newspaper, you missed the article. And so these places know that they have to get it right. I mean, is that it or what do you think? I, well, I think it's a combination of the information age and really like the cracks that started to appear and have just grown bigger and bigger. And I think because I mean, my experience has been in um, evangelical churches and in kind of hyper Christianity and kind of culty churches and things like that when I was younger. And then since leaving, I'm, I've just sort of always followed people and listened to people and and um, dug into what's going on in the other evangelically, Pentecostally, kind of Holy Spirity kind of churches and mega churches. And I think, so if you think back to like three or four years ago, people still had so much religious trauma and religious, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like fear of God and fear of the, the people like a bishop or an archbishop or a pastor or a mega pastor. And this fear and this respect was still so deeply ingrained that we were unable to really like, get really dug in you know but I think as the generation after us has grown up with like such a lack of respect which is like a good thing because they realize people are just people we're beginning to like really be able to tap tap these people and see all the cracks appear in a way we we were probably far too frightened to do before I don't know if you if you're old enough to know what a pinball machine is but you know kind of they, they bounce off each other so when was the we did that episode, remember, what was his name? Mike Pilavachi. Mike Pilavachi. Mike... Mm-hmm. Uh, when was that? It was earlier on in the year. And I was quite surprised then because he's this preacher guy. And, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that if a complaint that were ever to be believed, it'd have to be a pretty serious, severe allegation and there'd have to be you know, some kind of evidence before the pastor's door would even be opened. And nah, it, it, Mike Pilavachi was, he'd run these youth camps. Refresh me again, mm-hmm. is it, what's it called? Yeah, he was like the big, like, UK guy. He ran um, the Soul Survivor, it was called. It was it was kind of like the uh, like the teens and, um, and 20s, like, big away weekends where people would do all the worship music and have the preaching and do all the purity culture stuff and have all the prayers it was big into Uh, kind of like healing prayers and that sort of thing and um that was the one and then in the summer the news broke about abuse and uh, he'd potentially been massaging some of his interns we don't really know exactly what went down because people have still only been able to kind of say little bits because of the investigations ongoing. But there's been enough, there was enough information. And and I think for once, people just immediately went, yes, this sounds right. Like, you know, we, we, we can totally see this happening. And the people who normally would have kept quiet about it were actually able to say, yeah, I can identify with that. And I saw things myself and I was, you know, I'm not totally shocked by this information because of the whole culture and they were able to criticize the culture as well as the person and that I think helped as well well from some of those videos little clips you sent me where he was just degrading people and humiliating them on stage for no reason for no good outcome uh people are starting to see how a personality fits together I guess hey 
abuse does, doesn't suddenly happen uh, in isolation in a vacuum. So, yeah, I, I and again, you know, that he was, he's been um, alleged to have sort of uh, coerced his interns into giving him massages or receiving massages. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was what was alleged originally. And then the Church of England did like an internal review and they came to the conclusion that Mike Pilavachi used his spiritual authority to control um, okay. and he controlled the victims. And they said there were safeguarding concerns related to his leadership and ministry across 40 years. And this is also international because he traveled all the time and he took his interns with him, like wherever he went and things like that. Somebody on Twitter, an amazing guy called James, posted a one of his blogs the weekend actually, which looked into who his interns were. And there was he managed to find 10 of the interns out of 20. Okay. Of which um, they were all white men for some reason. And they were all like seven of them were also the children of very influential people in like other influential pastors. But these were all people according to how the money was spent had just been picked by Mike for their leadership potential. And because God had said, these are the right people to go with, you know, and it just happened to be they were the children of mm. other influential pastors. And, you know, it just happened to be they were all men, happened to be they were all white. I mean, like I say, he only found 10 out of the 20, but the pattern seems to be fairly strong. Uh, well, these were in early 20s boys, really. My and, ways are not your ways, you know. My thoughts are not your thoughts, so. Who who are you to point fingers at what God has done? Because I think if God told Mike these are the people who are going to lead my people, then who are we to question that? That's never exactly explained because it happens. It used to happen a lot. Sorry, back when there was a hill song and people wanted to do things, uh, they'd never actually detailed the mechanisms God uses to let them know the names of the winners. Um, but it's not a, none of your concern either, I suppose. I'm lame and like you. I, do, I don't really understand how how it works. I guess um, I don't know whether the name just comes to them or if they they pick it out of a hat or if it's a bit. You know, like I don't know if you remember that old movie with the robot where. Oh, that story's not really relevant. Sorry. Well, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm fly. I always like to bring up the fly. Help me. No, no. There was, well, I mean, um, does God still use a telex machine? Like, maybe he doesn't know how to email. Like, what email has he got? I think the Hi. joke was, I think the joke with the robot was, they were trying to see if the robot was human or not as to whether he would laugh at a joke. And the joke was, I threw all my money up in the air and I said to God, you keep what you want. And all the money came back down, so I kept it all. <laughs> so Maybe that's what they do with the names. They just throw the names in the air and the ones that God let's fall back down again are the ones that they they bring as their leaders i don't know i don't know how it works exactly the singing girl at hillsong brook um that did a great speech on that where she was like hey don't look at me yeah don't blame me it's god who's making these decisions so if you've turned up for 25 years and not been chosen for choir it's not it's nothing to do with me mm -hmm. he's trying harder do better and maybe god will choose you yeah Maybe if you were whiter, but yeah, we'll see. So it's um one of the kind of sickest, cruelest 
elements of that whole place because they make such those kinds of places they make such huge promises and statements and who was is and is to you know all of that alpha and omega stuff but then they go don't know god did it yeah that's, that's it don't spend how rude okay i mean for the uk like this has been a big one but this has been like the sort of one of two highlights of safeguarding in the UK, the sole survivor one. And it has amazed me that they've done an investigation, they found some results, and now they have now commissioned an actual KC, like a really serious investigator to do a full investigation. But they have made the terms of reference to be just investigating Mike Pilavachi and not all the other bishops who enabled him, all of the churches well, who enabled okay. him, all the people who enabled him. So there's been some complaints about, you know, why they're not doing a more broad investigation. And the problem is every time there's a broader investigation that looks at the, the reasons and not just, oh, a bad apple, it, you know, they always seem to be shut down or disappear. So the second yeah. biggest kind of UK scandal this year was a board called the Independent Safeguarding Board was set up by the Church of England to okay. look at old cases and to, to kind of provide secondary opinions and to to kind of dig into what the National Safeguarding Board were doing and ask questions. And then, unfortunately, they did ask some questions, and then, mysteriously, the the Bishop's Council just shut them down uh, earlier in the year. So, the, yeah, there's been some wins in the UK, and there's been some losses, and that was a huge loss to us, and it, it's an ongoing story. Oh, do you think perhaps that in the investigation of Pivolacci, uh, other people will be necessarily named and detailed, and they don't need to, or...? I think, no, I think that the people like, you know, Mike Palavachi was given so much power because he was so successful, not because he had gone through Church of England training or had been particularly proven to be good at safeguarding or whatever else, just because he was extremely popular. So there's a lot of questions that should be asked about a lot of bishops and a lot of, you know, other people who enabled, which will, I don't think, be asked by this investigation because they'll just be looking at the one person and try and like get rid of the one person instead of looking at the wider picture. But we, that's what we're yeah. here for. We're here for yeah, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we can point fingers where they need pointing. Oh, look, we have got endless fingers for just such an occasion. <laughs> really? That would sit What would that Johnny Depp wouldn't uh wouldn't point a better finger but you know that and i'm getting older and tireder so i'm happy to just sit here and point but there's been so much to point at please you may as well now i've been nagging a little bit i miss the ihop there's an ihop i mean what are these soul survivor sounds like soul cycle to me so i'm like oh mike pilavachi rides his bike at the gym it's not though uh, no, but I want to know about the International House of Pancakes as much as anybody else. So that's IHOP sounds like a kangaroo movie or an app or something. So <laughs> I, I tuned out. Tell me what happened there. Plus, I was working 8,000 hours a week, but it was like another one. All right. Surprise, surprise. What happened? Yeah, we didn't get to discuss this one at the time. Um, it's been a busy, busy, busy kind of autumn time for, I think, both of us. Uh, yeah, the International House of Prayer, um, I've not fully followed this story, but there was 
what could it have been? Probably a sexual abuse scandal, I can only imagine, um, was an, an allegation towards Mike Bickle. He's the founder of the House of Prayer. Um, I think the House of Prayer, isn't that the big, big church that, like, all, used to always be streaming prayer, like, 24-7 all the time, and they kind of were, like, encouraging people to have the prayer rooms and, you know, like, all that? Was that them? I thought it was literally pancakes. I've been believing you for all this time. Um, how can you have an international house? That just, I can't. Sorry. Beyonce has an international house. The House of Gaga is an international house. So you can have that. True. I think there's um coffee, coffee bread to some house. I suppose. All right. But Maxwell House, that's right. Why are so many houses with coffee? Anyway. I think they just they, uh, they were so obsessed with getting into the presence of God and and bringing the presence of God into the world, which you know is not a bad thing to want to do. But what the bad issue was with this one is that their reaction in general has been, how dare somebody accuse somebody of doing something, and it's all gossip. And how could you possibly report on that? And how dare you discuss it? And you know, they're saying like all these people on Twitter are like gossips and things like that uh, instead of actually uh, saying what's actually going yeah. on. It's got nothing to do with the abusive pastors and everything to do with those gossipy little serfs that attend the place. I, I mean, but seriously, International House of Prayer sounds like a cult. Mm -hmm. It is getting cult room of silence and obedience to me but ihop is pretty cute that sounds like <laughs> you know was it and very right now was it a church or just a house of prayer it's a it's a it's a whole organization let me see if i can find it that detail and what went um, wrong usually nothing goes wrong in these styles of uh it's almost inevitable now isn't it the more we say that the more makes you wonder if it isn't everywhere or almost everywhere. What were they yeah. in the in the IHOP? I'm just trying to load the the actual article. So I didn't get it wrong, but I think it was one of those cases of it starts off with good intentions, and then one person gets more and more powerful, and they become the leader. I think. Let me just get the. All of these ones don't work in the UK. It's like a cover up. Let me just get. You. No, they like International House of Prayer staff members stage a silent protest in the prayer room. Um, oh, see, so much silence and prayer. I bet the chairs aren't comfortable either. Sorry, go. Because they were always live streaming. That's the thing. They were live streaming from the prayer room, and then. And then I think some people had found out what had happened and they put strips of red tape over their mouths with the word truth on it and they staged a silent prayer. And this was because they were standing in solidarity with the survivors. So I, I think it was kind of getting a bit out of hand, you know, in terms of the information was definitely getting out there. Um, so, sorry, was that streamed then and people could see people with tape on their mouth? Heaven Bent, they're the ones who have gone and looked into a lot of it. They're an investigative podcast. So I think you, they've got probably probably got the details there. So, I mean, were they filmed? Were they filmed with the red tape on their mouth that said truth or something? 
Uh, yeah, they were in the prayer rooms like that. I mean, I've always wanted to do something as dramatic as that. Fantastic. In stone, but they actually did it. They did. They did protest there because obviously, you know, they wouldn't have been protesting for transparency if things were transparent in the first place. Yeah. These, yeah. I mean, obviously, guys, you know a lot more about the IHOP thing than I do. It's kind of flown past me a little bit. Yeah. Um, because there's like a scam every day, so it's quite hard to keep up. Uh, it's well. And, you know, I, I'm sure I've told this one a few times before, but, you know, like my kids like, Mum, I get to hear this story once a year, but, okay, tell it anyway. Uh, I remember when they opened the London franchise of Hillsong and it was like, <gasps> what's going to happen? Like, will it be different? Will it, you know, and I... I remember this friend of mine saying to me, don't, you know, don't worry about it. It's the same system. It'll produce the same results. Just wait. And sadly, it, it you know, absolutely does. You keep putting in those same ingredients and you're going to keep getting the, the same cake. Like the chocolate cake that Mike used to battle with in the fridge. Scandal. Such a scandal. I mean, we have had, I, I I don't want to jump into December too fast, but I tell you what, there's been a pretty decent bit of juicy scandal at the old Hillsong, uh, just just straight up soap opera stuff. You know, they're not even like did they didn't pay. It's just drinks being thrown and it's Melrose Place level of, you know, throwing people in the pool and wrestling fantastic uh, what new fresh scandal well, <laughs> what fresh scandal are, is going on we are so used to people disappearing you're not allowed to ask after them uh they never seen again and if anything does you know the way the houston's have always done things you know which is uh we're fine nothing went wrong Ah, uh, sorry. Okay, yeah, we were five minutes late, but you know, or some minor detail, and uh, that everything's fine. We're happy. You're happy. Everything's going ahead. Whereas, you know, which is all very propagandary, and and it's worked a, a treat. And, mm -hmm. But uh, we're so used to that kind of, you know, deny, deflect, carry on, and hope that. If anyone notices, they'll leave and get replaced with, you know, someone else. So this, this is this, this is a biggie with the with the ugly divorce kind of looming ahead. Uh, have I jumped ahead too far? Do we want to? Are we talking about Sam Collier? We are. We're ah, yeah. Former Hillsong pastors Sam and Tony. Collier, and I don't know if you remember, but the backslapping by self of the Hillsong board when these two, this married couple, became the pastors of Atlanta because you know what? You know what? They were, well, they still, they're black. Black. Yeah? Black. And okay. the first black Hillsong pastors. Uh, and I think the... What year was that? 2020. So, I mean, hey, better almost dead than never, I suppose. But 
So this was a little like when the royal family suddenly started having all their press appearances with black staffers or black members of the public suddenly after all the racism accusations. Because Hillsong was caught up in a racism row as well about they didn't have many people apart from white men on stage as per per the course. Yeah, Emmy. So they're quite happy for non-white or people of colour, people to do everything else except, Mm -hmm. you know, the best stuff that the or that you know the main roles on stage stuff the powerful stuff yeah you know the publicity stuff so they might you know we've talked with janice from god has not given podcast uh, Mm -hmm. on this topic as well and yeah i mean she saw it for a lot of time herself they're happy to receive you know again it's like the lgbt issue they're very very happy to receive the community's money, the pink dollar, the pink hour, they'll take, you know, days and days of their... To run the carol service and to run it very, very well. Oh, well, better than they could dream of. Uh, <laughs> well, Broadway standards. Um, and, but, you know, yeah, not with, you know, it reminds me... It reminds me of some of my relatives in South Africa. Don't know if I leave this in, but I've got one kind of distant cousin who was telling me one day she was, you know, extolling the the wonders of the maid in her house that Mm -hmm. she'd grown up with and how they were basically best friends and, you know, she'd helped her to pick her prom dress or whatever the thing was and you know she'd break up with a boyfriend she could go and cry to this woman and I said oh so like did you ever have dinner with her at the table and she looked at me and why would I do that Mm. so you know uh it's almost um it's almost more coercive you know it's so Passive, and I mean, again, God makes these kinds of decisions. And somewhere in about 2020, God was like, "Hang on, this place is a bit white." I've been looking. Came down the pipeline. Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, whatever facts he uses, or like special courier that only tells the very higher. It's so preposterous and damaging to people to see, you know. Same old, same old, um, no matter how, you know, talented or hardworking someone might be, you know, uh, some pigs are just more equal than others. And um, so somewhere in, in 2020, I had seen as well on Instagram, I mean, the exploitation of somebody's skin colour for the month of June, which is Black History Month in the US, it, it's it's vile. They just took photo. They were taking photo opportunity with Martin Luther King's daughter, but no other care given to civil rights in the US. And we know that, you know, Carl Lentz said Black Lives Matter and Carl Lentz lives didn't matter anymore. So, wow. You know, it's as inauthentic, and the moment it becomes July, there's no more of those snaps. But 
God in his, so it came to pass that in 2020, the Lord decided Sam and Tony. Hang on, grab, grab a quick snack while we're researching. Oh, no, go grab a first black. So hang on, sorry, first black pastor of Hillsong mm. Parts. Are we still? Uh, I, I mean, it's remarkable that there was, you know, that a church, it should be newsworthy that there's a first black pastor in a church because that shouldn't be newsworthy, but it is newsworthy because, yeah, I mean, yeah. the whole Pentecostal movement was started in equal rights churches from Azusa Street on, you know, so the first falling of the Holy Spirit was absolutely surrounded by female black pastors. But now it's like so shocking for that to exist within that Pentecostal movement. I've, you know, and I mean, not the wider Pentecostal movement sort of worldwide, but the kind of the white evangelical Pentecostal movement it is more shocking, but then obviously the standards are higher for these people. The stress is probably higher and the expectations are higher. So as much as I take glee in the fall of any <clears throat> evangelical pastor, um, we have to also bear in mind, you know, there's certain expectations around some people and perhaps not as much glee as we perhaps could from the scandal yeah. of the story, which is scandalous anyway. I don't know if I ever told you about Henry Shepherd, who I spoke to very early on because he printed some stuff online about the AOG in um, in Adelaide in South Australia. And I got in contact with this book up in the white pages, thanks, and gave him a call and he helped. I was very sort of early in researching about 2005. And he said to me, you can't trust one of the AOG pastors, not one. And I thought, come on. Do you know, there's got to be a couple of nice guys. There's some nice people in, uh, you know, and the more we go on, the more we find it's an actual pattern. It's a culture of behaviour, mm -hmm. not just one coincidence after the other. Sorry. It didn't last too long to start. It's been, you know, it's been a fairly uh, eventful few years for Sam and Tony. It hasn't just been being tokens for Brian and Bobby's virtue signaling. To be suddenly dragged into the centre of the Hillsong, like, publicity machine and all of that stuff, like, that is a whirlwind in itself. And they'd been married for, what, five years before that, if they met in 2015. So it was still fairly fresh at the time. And, uh, look, divorces happen. And there's absolutely no judgment well, from me on that. I mean, just before we, I mean, we got news. We we have received a news that, that these two uh, put up posts. I think he put his up, you know, ten minutes after hers or something. That they're uh, not as happy as that, but it yeah, it was twenty. Hang on, sorry, eleven. Johnny, I think we lost all track of this story. We may have to start the entire thing from the beginning. I know you have an AI. But I'm not sure how good it is. But there's a lot to it. So Hillsong send or, or select Sam and Tony Collier to run the Atlanta, Georgia church in 2021. And Tony explains to CBN um, online, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is that when people walk into the four walls of Hillsong Atlanta, they will feel Hillsong. I wonder what that feeling is. Uh, they will feel a family 
they will feel united. And then, of course, they're going to feel Atlanta. It's going to be great. People are going to learn. They're going to grow. They're going to interface with new cultures. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. Tony Collier said in the end of 2020, the husband and wife team says the new journey will begin next year. We're not just dreaming about this. We are working towards this, Tony said. We're going to build this right here in Atlanta. And we just hope that you walk through our doors and you will feel that deep in your souls. And you also continue to hear the words, welcome home. Sam told the Christian Post that the mission of Hillsong is to reach and influence the world by building a large Christ-centered Bible-based church. Prior to launching Hillsong Atlanta, Sam served at North Point Community Church in Atlanta. Tony has worked as a host and consultant with North Point Ministries. The Colliers recognise there might be some challenges opening Atlanta during a pandemic. They're looking forward to, and I quote, the uniqueness of the day. Uh, and I will just add this, but it comes up later. He says, I think the pandemic has caused us to question everything about how we do church. When your physical gatherings are pulled away, what does it mean to really be a church? Is it the physical body uh, or is it relationships, discipleship and community? I think it's caused us to go back to basics. It's forced us to say, let's build this foundation right. Now, that was late 2020. They went ahead, um, opened a church, served their purpose. And then by 2020, I mean, you know, within a year, was uh, all over Red Rover. Um, have a look uh, before we get to the scandal. You know me, I'm just here for the scandal, so you know, so can we detail, please? Well, no, you, I mean, you know, again, my voice is annoying me. Um, I'll send you a link, Eve. I and I, you know, you know, get them on the pod, they've left Hillsong. That's you know, perfect. Right, apparently, that's. Not an option. Uh, but Sam, Tony, give us a yell if you want to come and tell your side of the story. All right, so they left what Hillsong. We left for? We, we know, we, the Hillsong is here for stories of people who left Hillsong, uh, leaving Hillsong. Um, it's in the title, and people love the stories. So, you know, that's that's really what we're here for. But you can't force anyone to come and tell their stories because there's so much in that. There's so much trauma and there's so much PTSD and there's so much kind of post-church stuff and you know okay. coming up to Christmas and dealing with it outside of the church is difficult and you know it's there's so much going on that I think it's difficult for people to come and talk to you but you know obviously everybody loves to hear people's stories on the pod and you know I love doing these news stories with you but you know ultimately the interviews with you used to do were so insightful and so fantastic and I'm, I'm looking forward to more of those in 2024. Yeah, I, I uh, implore people to get in touch. I, I really think, hope, I really hope that things have changed, that they've relaxed a little bit for people, uh, you know, or a lot of people, and maybe they don't feel under such uh, pressure that was there previously to, to not say anything at all. You know, people evolve. There's no category. You don't have to be an ex-Christian to come on 
leaving Hillsong, you know, absolutely not. And you don't have to believe us. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't even have to to hate Hillsong. You just have to have left it and to to be willing to tell your story. So yep. Sam and yep. Tony do get in touch. You know, we we're looking forward to hearing from you one or the other. Maybe maybe together. Maybe you can be the marriage uh, counselor. Yeah, at, at this point, um, <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know if they're doing a lot together. I see. Uh, and you know, I'm the big bad wolf. Okay. The 28th of March, 2022, uh, People Magazine. So we're talking, you know, I don't know if it had been a full year. Let's have a look. Hillsong's first black pastor leaves church, saying his congregants don't trust leadership after scandals. Interesting, he threw that off onto Brian, you sneaky, sneaky Sam. Hang on. The first black pastor of Hillsong Church announced he's cutting ties with the institution mere days after Brian resigned amid allegations of sexual misconduct. Uh, he launched a Hillsong Christian non-denominational chapter in Atlanta, announced his exit from the megachurch in an Instagram post on Friday, because that's brave. It is with great sadness that I'm... Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just run your own race. You don't have to face anyone. Just say things and stuff. It's with great sadness that I inform you of my departure from Hillsong. So I don't get it right because five minutes ago, a year ago, she was talking about walking in the place and feeling this and feeling that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and yet a year later, I've appreciated the Hillsong family and want to thank the Houstons for the love they have shown my wife and me. Well, thank you. So at least somebody knows how to. So my wife, Tony, and me, not Tony and I, which find the time. I wonder how they received that love. The Houstons aren't really known for a whole lot of love showing, but okay. my greatest reason for stepping down as pastor of Hillsong Atlanta is probably not a secret to any of you. Psych! With all of the documentary scandals, articles, accusations, and the church's subsequent management of these attacks, it's become too difficult to lead and grow a young church in this environment. He cut his losses, that's smart. He concluded the message by sharing his belief that Hillsong Church would get through this, get through this storm and come out better than they were before. He ain't no uh, Nostradamus. These colliers aren't sort of big. <laughs> Predictors of the future are them and not going to submit their uh, lotto numbers. Like, uh, like they took a look at Brian's fall from grace and his, you know, the at the time the apparent potentially a sexual abuse of, of uh, in the hotel room, um, and they. The scandal, you know, the scandal around yeah. Brian. So, tell me, what would scandal? What well, you mean when after the Prime Minister of Australia spoke at the Hillsong conference and Brian got really like proper top shelf smashed after? That's the and one. Got his key, and he, there's only one key in the hotel, so he knocked on someone's door. And if he's mm -hmm. looking for the key, or where's Wally lost his way home? I don't know. But he ended up in that hotel room with someone for 40 minutes. 
he can't. He can't. We don't know what happened. We can't say, but we just know there was scandal around it. And uh, and Sam then was quick to say, you know, we're out of here on that. Uh, we we don't want any part of that scandal. And yet it seems like there's plenty of scandal brewing behind the scenes in their own life. So I wonder if. Some of that is looking at somebody else's fall from grace and going, well, I don't want that to happen to me. Well, I mean, he's you know? look, he's lovely. What he did say, I mean, after he said, it's been, you know what I mean? Because he, he must have turned up and people said, oh, well, I'm the first black pastor. Yeah, of that Hillsong. Oh, wow. That's a, and then not long afterwards, oh, is that the place where that guy, like, lost his key in the hotel? Mm-hmm. And it probably got a little bit repetitive. He does say, I have no shame in admitting I cried like a baby moments after I informed the Hillsong pastor of my departure. And we all know that's because, uh, you know, he was waiting for a 16-ton weight to fall on his head when Brian presses the button. When that didn't happen, he must have sobbed. He got to have his life. But then... I, 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 you know, he's thanking the Houstons for the love they've shown my wife and me, and yet apparently they're not showing each other too much, too much love. Can you uh, outline the next, the next round of goodness me, please? So this is this is what's Gosh. come out just um, just You're in the last. Believe, you are not going to believe it. <laughs> and listen. So there's a lot of elements to the story, but basically Sam has now announced and he's in disbelief that his wife is divorcing him. Well, because he made a post and then he made a post and deleted it and was like, (gasps) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, what's everyone going to say Like in the homeroom on Monday? It was a very Instagram breakup because um, she suddenly drops on Instagram saying, uh, I am in the middle of the hardest season of my life. I'm heartbroken yet still hopeful. If you could see all the ways God has been kind to me and my kids, your jaw would be on the floor. After years of discovering and enduring repeated acts of infidelity, I have chosen to end my marriage with Sam. Despite of hope attempts at reconciliation and counseling after recently discovering more infidelity i realized this wasn't a sustainable or god honoring marriage anymore Mm. i'm at the point where i have to say no more 
I'm taking time off the stage and social media, apart from to post this Instagram post, uh, to focus on healing, um, uh, to focus on healing with my kids. I have no desire to hurt Sam, but I do want to vigorously protect my heart and my children. Thank you mm. for giving us privacy, <clears throat> apart from this Instagram post, to do that, and for prayers that will undoubtedly be felt. Love you all. It's a bit so this drops infidelity. I I'm not praying for divorced people. They can forget my prayers. Uh, if she's, if she's got to say infidelity 23 times or there's no other reason you're allowed to leave a marriage, technically. But, I mean, obviously divorced people, you know, we've there's no, uh, this is not the scandal. People get divorced all the time. Um, and for good reason, because, you know, people can live better and happier lives apart than together sometimes. And that is just mm -hmm. a fact. What... I think scandalizes me about this is that he was so quick to throw Brian Houston under the bus over Brian Houston's infidelity scandal. A year and before, yet, yeah. So, yeah, well, okay. yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, the fact is that if what she's saying is true, and we don't know 100% what's true and what's not true, but if what she's saying is that there was infidelity and then there was counselling and then there was time taken and then there was hope and then there was more infidelity, we're not talking about a one-off dog walker situation. We're talking about, you know, a pattern of infidelity. So this is a man who is potentially cheating on his wife and then going back to the pulpit and then cheating on his wife again, and then going to the press and saying, I can't believe that Brian Houston would do such a thing, and then going back to his wife again, and then going to counselling. They think he said that they had, like, 700 hours of counselling or something. That can't be right. Oh, Let me no. Go oh, tell me not. It was a lot. Was a lot. Um, let me see if I can Ooh. find... Eight, Violent. Okay, I don't think he got sent to bad casters camp or workshop or anything. It's just he's he's quite good at this, isn't he? I and mean, he's Pentecostal plus with the whole like, yeah, I just couldn't keep going, you know, trying to trying to run this church. What was the filthy, filthy behaviour going on? <clears throat> but I think you know, obviously, going to counselling is the way to go. But he was counselling, obviously, as a pastor. I imagine he was counselling other people on their relationships, yeah, you know, and also standing at the front of the church and presumably. Sticking to the Hillsong assumed sexual assumption that A, it's wrong to be LGBT and B, you must only have one, you know, one partner in your life and you must be sexually pure and so on. We don't, I don't know what he was preaching, but I would assume, you know, they said they were following the Hillsong values and those aren't mm. some of the Hillsong values. Well, they wanted people to feel Hillsong, whatever that is, which I guess is like in deck or kind of. You're eating a lot, but you're still really, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, but feel... I don't know if you've ever heard before in a, in a, in a statement from somebody who has cheated on their wife uh, at Hillsong. But um, there's the words unhealthy coping mechanisms that pop up very shortly um, <laughs> after that. Is it a sleeping pill? We don't know. That's been done. Uh, I mean, been it could done. Be... Find something fresh. It could be gaming, do you know what I mean? And in that sort of context, anything can be decided to be unhealthy. So, uh, you know, and it's a lovely way of just leaving the smoke behind for people to wonder what's going on. 
What was uh, wrong with conscious, conscious uncoupling and you make a statement together, you know? We just asked for your privacy at this time, but we've come. No, no, no. Tony was having none of that. Um, well, I, I understand Tony a little bit because sometimes you get to a point where the only way to have accountability is to get it out in public. And I can understand that, you know, to some degree. She was like, no, no, no more, no more, none of this. I'm putting on Instagram and then I cannot back out of it and neither can you. But there's a twist. Mm -hmm. um, Sam popped up on Instagram uh, within minutes. Of course. He, and he says. Mature, and, you know, mature leaders, these people are. Yes, sorry. They, they lead via Instagram. And, uh, you know, obviously we need to not make assumptions about who is telling the truth in this story either. Because he says. Well, there Reels involved because I mean that would I think they should have done reels divorce sorry yes sorry they could have done a divorce reel that would have been you know a bit bolder perhaps than just putting it in a text I wonder what I want to know what picture they used though because like, you know like you can't just post text or maybe they did just post a screenshot of their notes app I don't know but I but wish I, there'd be like a picture of a tree or like a shoe or something where they could have used a carousel on stories that could have gone viral and you know, it's a whole marriage I like make the most of it when you get divorced sorry people so sam drops immediately onto instagram like he's popping onto gossip girl tony collier is a liar and an oh. abuser oh it is documented that she has abused me our entire marriage and wants to continue to do so I asked Tony not to do this, mm. as well as the team and our lawyers. She is not divorcing me. We are divorcing each other. And yeah. I tried to divorce her seven times, and she begged me to stay and kept abusing me. I will mm. tell more of the story later. Mm. There's a real lineup for later on stories. We've got Brian and Bobby. We're still waiting on Carl and Laura's. Let's book deal to eventually. I mean, where do we? Uh, what a guy! How do you um? How do you try to divorce someone? Is that like attempted robbery, attempted divorce? Do you get in the car and change him? I mean, seven times. Well, I think it was Jesus that said you should not try to divorce your wife seven times, but seventy times seven. You're seventy times seven. If she comes <laughs> to you as a, and then what you should definitely do is get on social media and call her a liar and um that's not gaslighty at all i wish he'd been my pastor well he says it is documented that she has abused me our entire marriage by so, who I mean, what by his documented... mother like what yeah. who's documented it why has it not become public in the past like what's going on why is he's all for keeping it secret at this point but if she is equal you know in an equal pastoring position to him then yeah. He has the responsibility, surely, to have made this public before. You know, like if yeah. they are, if they were hired as a pastoring couple, as opposed to she's the pastor's wife, then the surely she's in a position, or is she just the pastor's wife? She's the pastor's wife. So, uh, if he left, she left. Remember when that, like, the whole of the US was like, what they fired Laura Lentz, but she had her own job. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so mm -hmm. that's so trouble. we don't know what happened inside that marriage, of course, but we do know that um, that they met just prior to her previous divorce, and they got married after three months of knowing each other. 
two Which months after her divorce. Three months. Three months that's, of romance and a marriage. On. That's a long Pentecostal time while you're courting because you've got such a choice, you know, you've got a choice of limited people, like, oh, the people in this room or, you know, and then what you waiting for? Because you're going to be together forever. So you might as well get on with that. Three months. Common. Common, I, mean, I argue. I mean, I guess if you are, you know, if you can't have sex before you get married, then get the marriage over as quickly as possible. But three months. I mean, she she just left a previous marriage. Like, the Perfect. time it takes to recover, you know, like, the time it takes to rebuild, the time it takes to get your head together. But instead, like, immediately they're just, like, desperately in love. They're... they're they're engaged. I mean, what is it like a one month engagement, one month marriage? Like what's happening? Well, and he says that people said to them, yeah, this is like a good thing. She looks like a good choice, bro. Like go with it. But you know, like William said to Harry, take it slow, just take it slow. And he's like, oh, so we ran off in the lope. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. They, um, yeah, but they, they ran us really Really good leadership role models uh, from the get-go. They go to Las Vegas and get married by an Elvis impersonator. I don't even know. If only. I wonder if there are Brian impersonators in Vegas now. We should look into that. Should be. And if not, we should invest. Well, I mean, he's an impersonation anyway. It's all they're all impersonating him, and I'm getting so philosophical. Ah. Uh, but the, the story, I mean, the Instagramming continues because immediately he deleted, he deletes his Instagram and he reposts with a fresh statement in which he says, I'd like to apologize for my earlier comments regarding my divorce. It did not reflect either I am or my sincere feelings. It absolutely was, did though, Sam, and that's the thing. Yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um... Well, I mean, this is the thing. I think after a 10-minute reflection, he was like, well, I want to keep running my, my current church because I've already left one this year. So he had to, like, you know, drop back to redo the divorce note. But anyway, I, am, I was emotionally overwhelmed and mm. angry at the highest mm. level. Angry at the highest level. These past two months have been extremely exhausting. And, and there you go. So... The man who hears from God called his estranged wife a liar and an abuser, which could mean anything. I mean, maybe she abuses the tomato sauce, you know, over. Well, he's not acknowledged with any currency here. So, I mean, and we don't, obviously anyone who's been abused doesn't have, owe us any information, but, you know, yeah, he hasn't come in with any clarity to give us that information that is helpful to to kind of put a picture together as to what's actually gone on. He says he says to the Christian Post, I woke up to the post from Tony at the same time the world did. And one of the things you see in my response is an emotional response. It was out mm. of the fall of my surprise and shock. Mm. And again, you know, we've had these discussions over and over again about, you know, it's good for men to feel emotions, but in the Hillsong world... Those emotions are all, you know, anger and shock and surprise. And those emotions are not um, regulated or, you know, in any way kind of able to be expressed. So suddenly they get these sudden waves of, I must yeah. scream at my wife on Instagram. 
they, it, I mean, that's sorry. I think there's a, you know, there's a series of steps that has to be, that, you know, have to be taken in order to get to that place. And, you know, I, uh, the word abuse, like that is deliberately setting a tone and yet not being specific. So we don't know if she's beating him with a wooden spoon or, you know, forcing him to turn the music down after that. What somebody's abuse is, another, and she's a liar according to what her recently estranged husband. I mean, these are, these are what would Jesus do? And he says he's the one who um, who's turned to unhealthy coping mechanisms. And he says the claims of infidelity and what that communicates are very inaccurate. But, you know, he's also saying that, you know, he's saying the claims are inaccurate. He's not saying, you know, that they're not true. Well, it's all been very cleverly uh, danced around. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. But this was a guy who was on a you know, on a meteoric rise through the church, you know, at one point. And it says in, it says in the post, let me just go down. Uh, what kind of unhealthy coping mechanisms? I mean, because that can be everything from, you know, in the grips of a meth addiction to, um, you know, not eating a vegetable every second day. I... Exactly, or you know, leaning too hard on grinder, or what it could be anything at that point. Yeah, um, I don't know. It says in the Christian Post article this, you know, that the couple had been at times held up as an example of godly marriage at Christian mm. conferences. And this is what annoys me is they, you know, things were going on with them at that time that they were being held up as an example of a Christian perfect marriage. And it's just that lack of honesty because if they were able to really say, listen, we've been in counseling for seven months already. Why are we on this stage being held up as an example of a really good Christian marriage? Well, but the I mean, lack of honesty is not there. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, going to counseling doesn't mean it's not a healthy marriage, but the way that language that they use and there's, you know, there's extreme terms and God and forever in the church, blah, blah. Uh, and then when you find out, suddenly they say, actually, you know what? With hindsight, we should never have done it. But they never get held to, to their own words. Uh, I mean, it used to be that if you went through, if you were a minister and you had a divorce or this kind of like sexual abuse, uh, not abuse, but sexual scandal, you would at least have be stepped down for a while. But, you know, he's been off for three months and he's coming back to run the Christmas, to do the Christmas service. Like, uh, to me, it just seems like they don't, you know, if you were in the youth group and you broke up with your girlfriend, but you were, you know, you'd had sex, then you would be kicked out the youth group for, you know, do you know what I mean? Like the the standards they hold other people to are so much higher than the standards they hold themselves to because when it happens to them, it's like we know that all of the people that Brian uh, threw under the bus over the 30, 40 years he was in charge of for the church for you know affairs and whatever the um, pregnancies outside of that, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, they never got to go on a three month home break and then um and then be ready it's um but I, look if you if you were hillsong you've only got christmas and easter up your sleeve you know you, 
you know, so you you'd be you'd have Elvis turn up if uh, if he did. I mean, job. they're not just Valentine's Day, so they're not what? Sorry. They're, well, they're not. Do, they've only got Christmas and Easter. They can't do Valentine's Day anymore. Well, so I can't find the right room to do it in. So you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I, this is a I mean, this this you were telling me this guy was tapped to be running. Now tell me again, something like the virtual online Hillsong mega pixel church or something. Well, I think this is really like way important. So you know, I've spoken to quite a few journalists who are like, so Hillsong, where do I where do I start with Hillsong? And I go, okay, it's not where you start; it's where you end. So, this, God, I uh, love to get on here and do a good scandal. Oh, oh my face kind of plotting with you. It's it's um, it's getting to be par for the course, and you don't even have to wait for thirty years like we had to with Jimmy Swaggart and stuff. It's just cutting it's it right listening. down. So, two and a half years ago, on the twenty sixth of July, twenty twenty one, the New York Times put out a fantastic article called Facebook's Next Target, The Religious Experience. And they had not yet changed their name to Meta, uh, which is, you know, interesting. Because I really wanted Cheryl Sandberg to know what she'd signed up for. And it starts like this. Months before the mega Churchill song opened its new outpost in Atlanta, its pastor sought advice on how to build a church in a pandemic from Facebook. The social media giant had a proposition, Sam Collier, the pastor recorded in an interview, to use the church as a case study to explore how churches can go further farther on Facebook. For months, Facebook developers met weekly with Hillsong and explored what the church would look like on Facebook and what apps they might create for financial giving, video capability or live streaming. When it came time for Hillsong's grand opening in June, the church issued a news release saying it was partnering with Facebook and began streaming its services exclusively on the platform. Beyond that, Mr. Collier could not share many specifics. He had signed a non-disclosure agreement. Isn't that ironic, don't you think? They are teaching us, we are teaching them, he said. <clears throat> Together we are discovering what the future of church could be on Facebook. And a meta changed, uh, Facebook changed its name to Meta a couple of months later. Uh, but it says Facebook, which recently passed one trillion market capitalization, may seem like an unusual partner for a church. But the company has been cultivating partnerships uh, with a wide range of faith communities over the past few years, from individual congregations to large denominations like the Assemblies of God and the Church of God in Christ. So it, it, this is also a uh, a uh, love of Cheryl Sandberg, who is, uh, she's, she's had some personal tragedies and written about them. I think she's a little bit more religious than perhaps, perhaps uh, Zuck is. But, you know, this would change. This changes the entire everything when, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and now with the introduction of, of AI, because you were telling me as well, so sorry, um, 
we, we were talking about how the metaverse hasn't amounted to much, but I understand they're reconfiguring. And it will. Yeah, and they were like, it's going to be huge. And then people were like, mm, no, we don't, we don't have time to like be fully invested in something when we're doing it. We like to do stuff on the side while we're doing other things. Yeah, like, I, people just love to listen or TikTok or scroll. They don't like to be like, I'm going to walk down a virtual road and go and sit in the virtual pew. If you know what I mean, like, you know, a a church that released reels and they did like a real length sermon would be, you know, the the, in this moment would be far more viral than a meta church. Oh, let me even have a split screen Tetris on the side and you don't have to focus too hard. Uh, But, you know, now with all the AI, AI, AI paranoia, it's, it's a little bit easier to understand where this thing could go because it's like well how would you know if it's god or if it's the computer generation and will mm-hmm. it is it the Holy spirit or is it the holy ai i wonder who's more accurate anyone's more accurate than a and colleague who will be providing the names of the interns in the future will it be god or will it be the the ai <laughs> i don't know who will make who will make better choices because you know uh, it, I don't know where all of this has, has ended up and I don't know why Sam Collier out of out of everybody, maybe he's the only person, you know, who understood. Or I, you know, uh, so. I mean, I love the, obviously, you know, Atlanta is quite, I think, I think Atlanta is a tech, a tech futuristic kind of space. So right. I can imagine that he would be the one to do that. But it's just fascinating that before he had a chance to really for that to take off, you know, he's now been in, you know, caught up in scandal as they all seem to do because just it's repeating patterns. It's just constant. It's his wife's fault. It's always the wife's fault. He was so impulsive. Although, do you remember that whole, that whole verse thing about, you know, Paul was writing to his friend Timothy in that bible and he says whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task now the overseer is to be above reproach faithful to his wife temperate self-controlled respectable hospitable able to teach not given to drunkenness or instagram impulsivity not violent but gentle not quarrelsome calling people liars and abusers not a lover of money he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Oh, no, I just thought I'd throw that in. I just, it just feels like that is the antithesis of every Hillsong pastor scandal that we have seen. It involves one of those things, love of money, or, you know, like, like... The above? What about all of the above? Oh, yeah, all of the above. Quarrelsome, lover of money, given to drunkenness, and way below reproach. It just, I don't understand why none of these things are important to them, like in comparison to, for example, please don't be gay. You know, like those verses in the Bible are like so important to them. Because look up there, there's gay people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we're, we're, you know. Exactly. It's a distraction technique. Uh, you know, who better than the, this example itself? And, you know, under the first or 
the first kind of public sign of pressure, they they um implode. They imploded. They jumped on Instagram like they just got back from the ninth grade and they're in a bad mood. What? Yeah. Anyway. It was very, it was very, um, it was very Gossip Girl-esque. It was very scandal. It was fantastic. It was very, it was very Laura Lance. It was very uh, Bobby Houston, you know? Who, who, who? Tony or, um, or Sam? Well, uh, so I think Sam was being the Bobby in this situation and just doing an Instagram reaction to what was going on around him. And um, Tony was, I, I don't know, doing sort of probably the Lord's work and doing the public reveal, you know? Mm, I think it's very Brian Houston Twitter, 2 a.m. <laughs> Drunken Twitter. A bottle of white, bottle of <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, he's he gets he gets full of uh, in vino veritas himself. Uh, the old Brian on the Twitter, he starts telling those uh, dropping those truth bombs, whether you want to hear them. If he does, in fact, end up launching his virtual church that's potentially been discussed, that he will be doing that from home and from his desk and he'll have his whiskey bottle in the drawer and he'll be doing we'll get some drunk sermons because I think. Brian so, Houston on German mode would be fascinating. So exciting. Brian and Bobby have just recently announced they're going to have online church, which means, you know, they can, they, you know, they can do it in half their pajamas. I don't know. How, how is this going to work? He was so against uh, all this online stuff during the pandemic because... I mean, you can't pump money out of people if you can't pump them into an, an emotional state. And that's much harder virus screen than, you know, in a, in a room full of sweaty, crying people that, you know, you can feel part of. Yeah, I mean, you can see how they can, like, they may have to develop new cult techniques because cults can exist online, but they have to work with very different techniques because they can't do the, you know, the like you say, the lights, the sweat, the dancing the singing all of that you know stuff so uh, it'll have to be a very different method but um yeah i can see some of his followers joining and it can those things can still go viral online but do i just i just love the idea of them doing it from home because their homes are so like mm. messy bobby falls down the stairs so often that i can just imagine brian's just like trying to do the sermon and all we can hear is bobby like toppling down the stairs in the background and you know, and then he's like squigging on his whiskey and then, you know, there's somebody knocking on his door with the wrong key saying, Can't, is this the office? And yeah, just, where I am just, I? Where am I? <laughs> live, like no pre-records, please. Get online live. But maybe you would like, they'll turn it into like a Twitch stream and they could be like gaming and chatting and stuff and just go for hours. People could just send them like points and flowers and hats yeah. and stuff like they used to on that weird um that weird video website where everyone got money from chatting to strangers. Yeah, that could be them. I mean, um, they, you know, they're in for a huge shock because over. I mean, I was told. Let me know if I'm wrong, but there are these uh, yellow cash vans, security vans that transport money in our fair land, or at least my fair city. And they used to be outside, you know, because. There was so much money going out the back door, just bags and bags of it. But they, you know, they needed a security van. And I, I don't think you're going to get that on your Twitch live stream. 
Uh, no, and also I think the online kids will absolutely eat them up and destroy them because the online kids will not be here for any of that business. They, they're not interested in some old guy telling them what's going on from his home studio. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really think that they're going to have to, I don't know how they're going to find an online audience. It's going to be, it's going to be difficult for them. And not being nasty, not me, far from it, not in my personality but uh, I did notice some Christmas carols they were pumping out the other day and there were 84 people watching and that's got hurt hurt and burn Uh, they're not getting much they weren't getting much for their sermons anymore it's it's really not their space nobody goes hey I've got to go online I've got to go to Hillsong I mean, they, they're so used to having their £6,500 Cartier watch and their £2,500 worth of Louis Vuitton luggage. How are they going to get that from 85 people? Seriously, that is, absolutely, that's what I'm saying. So, And I mean, they would be either newbies or what, the really old, committed crew are. And you can't, you know, you can't run. You can't be going to Nobu with that kind of, spare change it's uh, a luxury retreat to cancun for 150,000 uh, is not going to cut it from 85 donors and i laura their daughter laura and her faithful uh, associate husband and her husband have started their own church called parable or something so they'll probably you know clean up the the nostalgic lot that are still hanging around for you know, the second coming of Houston, resurrection and mm, stone's been rolled away. You know, they're in California now. So we're back on Easter. It's to be on Christmas. Well, it's, it's, it's coming up and it's it's fairly morbid Easter, but at least, at least there's some food that's assumed to go with it, you know. Mm. I need to. Um, I will have to pop off soon to go to uh, my own Christmas party. But it's been quite a Christmas party to just be here with you once again. Oh, always um, every day is Christmas. Tell me how you oh. feel. So you know, before you run to a Christmas party, before you go, uh, can we just have a little old? Because you and I have quite quite different experiences post church when it comes to these occasions. I I'm sort of. When I was thinking today, like the organisation required for Christmas is is too much for me. I think a lot of that comes down, you know, the ornaments on trees and gravy on pink. No, but um, <laughs> you're, still quite, you're still quite like fond of those kinds of traditions. Hey, I'm me- desperate to cling on to the traditions. Yeah, I love them because why, why is that? I just, I just think. These fill me with this kind of warmth of Christmas, like, and I've tried to this year to kind of cut my traditions down a lot. So I, I real, you know, I bought a lot of Christmas food last year that I didn't even really like. So I was like, actually, we've got to that point now where, with the cost of living crisis and the all of the you know poverty that's going around and things like that, so I've really cut down this year, and I'm just doing my turkey dinner, and um, I've put up a few decorations, not too many. And I, I've given cards just to the people who I love the most and not sent them out to, you know, the whole of family and friends and everyone that I've ever met in my life. So I'm kind of really trying to cut down, which I've seen a lot of people doing. And I think that's really good. But I, my life has to go from sort of 
occasion to occasion and festival to festival because I need something to be looking forward to and something that builds me up and boosts me. So I love Christmas for that reason, even though I find it difficult. And I will go to the carol service on Christmas Eve, but I will find it difficult to be there. But I want to sing the songs. And I love Why? You, I mean, you, you don't necessarily believe in the... And I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not attacking. I'm interested what it brings to you, because it's not bringing the spiritual reassurance that it once did, right? I, am I? Yeah, so it's not really like a sense of certainty. So it used to be, it used to be, you would go, you'd sing the songs, you'd be absolutely certain that Jesus was born in the manger, and then he died for your sins, and that you'll be going to heaven, and then you'll be dancing together with the magi and the shepherds, but. For me now, it's like, I just, it's the symbolism that I love. So I still love the, I love the idea of the mysterious three kings um, bringing presents and um, and bringing mystery. I love the idea of the shepherds, like putting down their work and taking time off to go and just like to to spend time celebrating. And I love the idea of, of Mary and Joseph as immigrants and um, and things like that. So there's all these different syllables symbols that I kind of take from the stories and, and and you can take what I've done this year for myself is to really take bible stories um and then reapply them in ways that kind of fit into the world that are around us if that makes sense so I've, I've really enjoyed doing that this year so you can take stories of of some of the characters in the bible like like Daniel and the lion's den for example and then you can apply it to persecution of lgbt people in countries where they don't feel safe and you can think about you know god closing the mouth of the lions and protecting daniel and daniel getting out of there and you can think about like ugandan ref you know queer ugandan refugees and how they've escaped from the persecution in their own countries and it's things like that for me so it's kind of reapplying and looking at the symbols rather than going like here's a historical document that will lead me on a path and be my golden ticket to get to charlie and the chocolate factory heaven so i don't know maybe that's not the right one but i i still i still just I haven't seen the Timothy Chalamet one. I don't think I can quite face it. Apparently it's dreadful, yes. But... <laughs> well, you were never supposed to know the background of Willy Wonka. That's the whole point of what Dahl did. But, uh, you know, well, it's sorry. the mystery, isn't it? It's the mystery of Christmas. And to take that away from us by producing a prequel about Willy Wonka is, you know, is scandalous and sacrilege, really. It's worse than Johnny Depp. Yeah, I... I, I... <laughs> I, I watch reviews rather than films so that I can feel quite true. Uh, tell me At what least the Johnny Depp really wanted to have an iconic bob. Yes. And, you know, it wasn't true to form, it wasn't Gene Wilder, but it wasn't Kylie Jenner's current boyfriend. Uh... Maybe this is what's going to happen to Hillsong, is that there'll be, like, the uh, original Gene Wilder Hillsong. <laughs> With all of the like weird stuff that happens, and then there'll be like the Johnny Depp Hill song, which is like the Brian Houston one, and we've yet to see the Timothy Charlemagne Houston Hill song. That's like well, that may be the one that's coming. might be the Timothy Charlemagne of this one. I don't know. I'm excited to see. You're back in but, three months, um, not be here. You didn't need to know, but uh, um, can you? Because you um, you take like a special interest in a area and go and research 
stuff to it, it's it's fascinating because to me I'm like well that's not true so I'm not going to learn anything more about that unless you can whereas you'll go and look at more nuanced explanations multiple definitions and you been on the on the three kings one like can we use your jumper that you showed me the other day as a cover art please it's gorgeous thanks i love that for some reason yeah this this christmas i just decided i love the to the magi and i would focus on them so um i got a book with kind of like art history and kind of other than the bible um book history of stories of the magi and i didn't realize that kind of through the ancient times kind of like you know 400 years after jesus supposedly lived and died they were writing about the magi as these kind of like mysterious and almost magical characters um like there's a version of the story where they lived in a cave and the star comes down and the star talks to them and then then they travel to meet jesus and then every one of the magi goes into the cave individually and they see jesus differently so one sees jesus as a king one sees jesus as dying one sees jesus like poor and like there was all these different ways of reading the bible back in the day it wasn't that you were used to just read it and be like this is a historical fact you used to be okay. read and be translated into interesting versions of the story um and i think that that you know like i still i still love that stuff because i'm not necessarily interested in researching was this real i'm much more interested in saying what impact did it have on the people who read it and also okay. who wrote it and why and and also Oh, just I just love to like look at these characters as with so much fascination because they they only take up like six verses in the whole Bible and yet you know they have entire books based around them and they have done for thousands of years and it's not for no reason if that makes sense so so I still find all that stuff fascinating and I I love to just kind of delve into it and it doesn't it's almost like you would think that reading multiple versions of the same story would make it less real but to me it somehow makes it more real okay. through its mysteriousness because i think an adaptability from the sound but yeah it's not rigid yeah so you don't have to go like okay so was jesus born in a manger um was he born in a cave was he born in on, on you know 1 ad or did they they come on 8 ad you can just go hmm hmm there's lots of mystery and it's fascinating and it's fantastic. And this time of year with the lights and the colours and the food and everything, you can just go, hmm, hmm, it's mystery. It's it's fascinating, it's interesting. And, and yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, it's, yeah, it's a completely unique approach of, of I mean, everybody should have their own uh, approach that they want, you know, that they're happy with and, you buy, you know, really like out there clothing to celebrate the research that you're doing. How did they meet these three kings, we three kings, uh, bearing gifts? There's lots of different versions. There's one version where they all live on a, in a cave and they have like, they do like bathing ceremonies together. Um, they... and... <laughs> what There's another where they come together for, like they represent like the th like three different continents and they just happen to meet um and they, there's other versions that say they're descendants of daniel and people like that you know not, not direct descendants because he probably was a um uh, lost my train of thought but Why did um, they all the way to see this baby what were they going to do once they took like their 
pics and selfies and posted and stuff. Why'd they go and follow that star all the way? Couldn't they wait? So, so obviously some versions think that they are, um, they came from kind of like future Babylon and they had all the stuff from the Jewish tradition and that's where they came. Um, other people. What? So this is a Doctor Who episode. Okay, go. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't remember what I can't remember where Babylon was or what it turned into by the time they went to the trouble. Uh, okay. Yeah. The bony um, <laughs> was it Constantinople? Was it Istanbul? <laughs> was it Constantinople? I can't really remember. No, but why did they set off? Couldn't they have sent a message boy to say yes, he's been born and. I mean, you won't see Herod doing something like bearing frankincense to go see a newborn or Pontius Pilate. They well, some versions of the story say they had this ancient script that was handed down to them by Abraham's son, Seth, um, and that they'd kept it in a cave up until that time and no one could open it apart from the baby when they got there. So there's that version. So no one really knows why they went there. Even, you know, they're only really in Matthew and he doesn't say so. They just showed, they just sort of showed up, but you know they're not they haven't always been used for the best reasons because they have been used um, in anti-Semitic ways at times to kind of say like oh the Jewish people rejected Jesus uh, but the kings came and accepted Jesus so Jesus now belongs to not you know God now doesn't belong to the Jews but belongs to other people so they're not always good characters to follow but they there's there's different ways of understanding them and it makes them interesting. I just can't see Charles III doing something like that, much less having two friends to go with. But, <laughs> oh, sorry. If I had two friends to travel with, you know, like it would be fantastic to to just have the <laughs> close bond. I mean, yeah, well, who? I don't know. Never mind, take that out. I don't want to sound like I've got no friends, please, Jesus. Why? Um, but if that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right, I'll let you go, but... Tell me where will uh, where will you be found on Christmas Day? What will you do? I'm I'm helping out in the morning at a community Christmas, and then I will be making my own Christmas uh, dinner at home, and I'll be watching uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, of course, uh -oh. and as much Christmas content as I can, and the new Doctor Who, of course. Absolutely, so excited for that. Mm, mm. You you are. Uh... Oh, that is it. Oh, I'm dancing, dancing. So I'm going to go out dancing for the rest of the evening, and I will. We will catch up soon. In the new year, there's going to be even more revelations and even more fantastic things in 2024. Oh, but, and know. the scandals that we can look forward to if people are going to just start rolling it up on Instagram and not caring. <laughs> the more people just drop it on Instagram, the better, really. If you've got a scandal, just get it dropped on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, don't wait till forget that advisory hole thingy and restoration stuff. Just go for broke. Happy, happy Christmas to you then. I do like happy a schedule. Peace on earth and goodwill to all. Well, to most, I mean that's <laughs> have a good night. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Moi. Moi. It is such a shame that we have to limit the talking about other people.
to the stuff that's kind of out in the public domain. Don't know if you've ever noticed, but those uh, fundamentally churchy type communities really don't talk about anything else apart from other people. Uh, maybe the church picnic or something, but it's, you know, it's not like they're talking philosophy or current affairs. It's just all about. But that's not what we do here at Leaving Hillsong. And I have mentioned to you that we were uh, to speak with a criminal law specialist regarding the verdict of BCH and that interview did take place this week and then I was like hang on it's not really much of a Christmassy topic is it when people are on uh, holidays and they're having a relaxing time it's a stunning interview and I'll bring it to you as soon as possible it's cleared a lot of things up and it's fantastic but well, we've got all this new these weird days between Christmas and New Year's to get through and then I don't know it's, I like news. It's an opportunity to lie to yourself and really mean it. Because I see Christmas as more of an opportunity to reflect on all the ways in which you failed compared to other people. Well, that's what the Woolworths ads do for me. I want you to do something for me over the next couple of weeks, please, even if you do it for me. For me? I ask so little. Would you look after yourselves, please, because you matter. If you could drive perhaps five miles under the speed limit, I would sleep a lot better. You're a wonderful group of people and it's a fantastic, resilient, strong community of people who have had to make very, very tough decisions and endless sacrifices. I want you to stay safe over the holiday period, please. Because we've got good content next year, you know, you don't want to miss out. And how would we tell your dog that you're not coming home? You know, that's one reason to stay safe on the road. I hope you get a little rest and relaxation during this twilight zone period between Christmas and New Year's. Strange days indeed. I hope you got good gifts and that the ones that you don't like are easily and discreetly returnable or re-giftable. Keep leaving Hillsong and we will talk very soon. Bye. Have fun. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.